I'm sorry, man. It's my state. Shit, I I'm so sorry. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. Get the fuck out of here. What? Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Just pick your ass up out of that Italian leather chair and get the fuck out of this room right now. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. Out. That's it. We expect everyone here to treat their co-workers with a certain level of respect. Okay, before we get started, I have one question. Has anyone here passed a Series 7 exam? I have a Series 7 license. Good for you. You can get out, too. What? Why? We don't hire brokers here. We train new ones. That's it, Skippy. Pack your shit. Let's go. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time, okay? And I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. So I'm going to keep this short. Become an employee of this firm, you will make your first million within three years, okay? I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of your first day of employment at J.T. Marlin. There is no question as to whether or not you'll become a millionaire working here. The only question is how many times over. You think I'm joking? I am not joking. I am a millionaire. It's a weird thing to hear, right? I'll tell you. It's a weird thing to say. I am a fucking millionaire. I guess how old I am. 27. You know what that makes me here? A fucking senior citizen. This firm is entirely comprised of people your age, not mine. Lucky for me, I happen to be very fucking good at my job or I'd be out of one. You guys are the new blood. You're gonna go home with the Kessif. You are the future big swinging dicks of this firm. Now y'all look money hungry, and that's good. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You want details? Fine. I drive a Ferrari, 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house on the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. You are required to work your fucking ass off at this firm. We want winners here, not pikers. A piker walks at the bell. Piker asks how much vacation time you get in the first year. Vacation time? People come and work at this firm for one reason, to become filthy rich. That's it. We're not here to make friends. We're not saving the fucking manatees here, guys. You want vacation time? Go teach third grade public school.
and Travis Roy coming to a speaker near you right now. Hello, Rock. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go Schlepprock. Welcome to the show. This is the edition of Boiler Room. Will it hold up or not? That'll be the main event later. Of course, it's Travis, Eric, and myself live and uncensored on the Cinema 9 podcast. Yay! Woohoo! Yippee! Uh, Schlepprock, I believe that's from this movie. That is 100% a quote from this movie. Let's go Schlepprock. Which, sorry for stomping on your intro, but I was just so excited to throw that out there, I guess. <laughs> it's a great intro, really. We should have just started with that. That was Which, uh, no one called surprised. it that. I mean, it was slack rock. No one said schlep rock. Slack rock. Yeah, that's a that's a Jewy thing there. Schlep schlepping. Yeah, uh, they okay. they Jew they Jewified it. So okay. for you, send me emails. Technically, I'm Jewish, so please, I think I can say that. I don't know. Am I fired? Am I canceled? Is it over for me? Because I could just go to bed. It would be fine. So. Let's just qualify our every statement. Eric, how are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you say that? Say what? I don't know. You're Jewish. You say whatever the fuck you want. No, man. how are you? You said how are you? I don't know if you're qualified <laughs> no. to say it. Okay, I'm kidding. Hey, what's Eric. up, Eric? Eric. I had to do the puberty talk for the fifth graders today, so um, let's just say I'm glad that's over. That's a teacher's requirement? Well, I volunteer because I'm like one of the male teachers at the school, so uh, no, that's good. we had the oh. talk, and it went well. A couple snickers, never hurt anyone, you know? It's all good. Yeah, well, the kids, they should snicker. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's normal. It's cool. Yeah. Did you uh, did you use euphemisms like pickle and that kind of stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, the, the 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 raincoat goes on the pickle, and it, and I it goes to be very. I wanted to be very sincere, so I just straight penis, vagina, oh boy, ejaculation, semen. That's you. That's definitely you. I would expect that from you. Can't hide from the truth. <laughs> you can't hide from the semen. Well, I just thought you'd be really awkward trying to like walk the line of maybe a few euphemisms and trying to tell them about puberty. You're right. It's probably best to go straight forward. It's honest. If you're dangerous. Ner- if you're, I'm fine. If I, if I was nervous, they would be nervous, and I, I got to keep it totally normal. But, you know. It's <laughs> uh, it's, you're on dangerous ground there, just like Steven Seagal was. It was very scary. Yeah. <laughs> Who could forget? I <laughs> Steven Seagal is such a douchebag. I, I didn't know what a douchebag he really became until recently. I learned a lot about yeah. him. It's fucking brutal. Putin lover, isn't he? Uh, that's just uh, for starters. Frankly, he's an absolute like a uh, violator of women and like a total asshole to women and everybody, everyone. I don't think actually, I don't think it's just women. He just loathes everyone and thinks he can do whatever the fuck he wants to anybody at any <laughs> given time. It's not good. It, Even it's though, a, yeah, I did. I did check out his music recently. It's on Spotify. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, guys. I if you want to laugh, anybody wants to laugh, God. just. Go to the Steven Seagal Spotify and bring up his, his picture with the guitar like this in his prime back in like 92. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's just a hilarious portrait of a, a total bozo. And bozo is usually a good thing. Actually, he's not a good bozo. He's, he's a bad, bad bozo. bozo. He is bad bozo. That's true. A roundhouse kick. Uh, yeah, you, you got to love it. He was uh, there was a moment there where I was 11. I was big time into Mark for death, hard to kill. Yeah. Who was it? Justice. Yeah, fantastic. But Mark then, for like, death was particularly good. I recall it was. Hard uh, to kill was another one I liked a lot. Mark for death, our buddy. Uh, oh, here I go. I'm going to screw it up. Keith David was in it. So David yes. Keith, you mean? No, Keith David is our buddy. David Keith is the one we don't <laughs> give a shit about. Yeah, Keith David. I got it right. I think I got it right. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Right. Yes, yes. Men okay. at work, the thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Dead yeah. presidents, yes. Keith David. Yes, our main man. He's, he did it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, he, he's in the Mark for Death, I believe. He's like the sidekick. Like, hey, we're going to pull this mission off. And... <laughs> <laughs> just reminds me of like a movie that children would make, except adults are doing it, and there's like more money involved. Speaking of which. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. But by the end of the 90s, it was like, oh, like DMX movies that were terrible. It was over oh, for sure. him pretty Glimmer quickly. Glimmer Man. So. <laughs> Glimmer Man. That was Tabalowski. Stephen Tabalowski's big turn as he plays a serial killer. Tabalowski <laughs> <laughs> was in that. No yeah. shit. Yeah. Even uh, Keenan Ivory Waynes. Wow. That's right. Okay. I legit watched it just because I'm like, if Ned Ryerson's going to be a serial killer, I'm obviously going to watch this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if people know. I mean, everyone knows about your Nicolas Cage love, but Stephen Tobolowsky also carries a very strong place in your heart, does he not? I wouldn't say anywhere near the depth and warmth that I hold for Nicolas Cage, but yeah, sure, I like Stevie. Oh. Stevie Tobbs. I mean, I mean, he's one of those guys we all kind of grew up with, those of us of a certain age, you know, he just kind of had <laughs> popped in in every film for, I don't know, like every classic movie for 10, 15 years he was in, and then he did California, or Californication, and that also, I feel like, kind of stands oh. out in my memory. My what was, what was his passport? Yeah, I mean, sneakers, yeah. Uh, in, uh, in, in Californication, he was um, the new husband of Charlie's ex-wife, I think, or was it one of their ex-wives? They get together with him. He's like a movie producer, bozo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Funny in that. He's good in that. We're yeah. talking about everything but Boiler Room tonight here on uh, the Cinema 9 podcast. Well, you you know, you mentioned Nicolas Cage. Uh, we're going to see a Nicolas Cage movie in the theater tomorrow, which is oh, shit. It's a big deal. You know, we're going to go to the movies with, with Aaron, who has been a guest host on the show with uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, and with our friend Christian, who was a guest host on the show when we recently did American Beauty. And we're all going to go see the unbearable weight of massive talent. I, I'm very excited. I bought my ticket like weeks ago. I'm there opening. Well, I would actually, I, this is how I feel about the podcast guys. I could have gone tonight. I, I really wanted to buy my ticket for tonight, but I wasn't going to derail the podcast even for Nick. So. Wow. Well, you should have, I think you, you went and saw what movie of a couple months ago. Cause you had to, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, mean, I pushed something back. I, I pushed the, uh, the show back an hour to watch the Spider-Man when it's Spider-Man, yeah, the Spider-Man movie when it premiered. Cause you well, you're know. setting the agenda here. I mean, our friend Chud Pud coming into town tomorrow, and it's like, yeah, we're going to see this Nick Cage movie because that's what Travis is already doing. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine by me. I mean, I actually do want to see this film. I'm, I'm very curious about how bizarre it will be, what will be happening with this film, because it seems like I don't I don't like trailers like you either, Travis. I'm not mm -hmm. into that shit. Nope, I agree. That, but I, I've seen a couple commercials, I think, accidentally, because even on YouTube, I couldn't skip them. Like, they showed up. They're commercials. So. Uh, I, but they don't reveal much, so I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen any. I haven't seen any trailers or nothing. I, I know the basic premise, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm stoked. And and I, it wasn't even my idea. I mean, like I said, I bought my ticket weeks ago, and then Aaron texted me and was like, "Hey, let's go see Massive Talent uh, Friday night." I'm like, "Well, actually, I already bought my ticket. If you want to go at one, oh. <laughs> so. Oh, so Aaron is stoked for this too. Okay, I yeah. see. Wow. wow. All right. Wow. Well, wow. Wow, wow. Yeah, so we're going to do that tomorrow. That'll be fun. Well, we'll give you a full report next week on the unbearable lightness of being. Guaranteed. <laughs> That's right. We're going to watch being there. I mean, <laughs> what, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> I don't know. I actually watched a, 
I don't think I ever mentioned that. I don't know if I finished it. The unbearable lightness of being. Is that, do you ever see that? Daniel Day Lewis? Daniel Day Lewis? I haven't caught it. Yeah, it's Daniel Day. It's all, it's early, like early Lewis back in the 80s. Room room with a view, Lewis, back in then. I haven't seen a room with a view. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be fun. So we'll talk about that next week. And, of course, uh, Cinnamon iPod at ProtonMail.com is how you could contact the show if you want to tell us your feelings about movies in general. We had a great email that we got right after last week's show from uh, a fellow, a Briton, King of the Britons. I don't know if he's King of the Britons, but uh, he's from that area, and that was really cool. I was really excited to see that. His name is Adam Oh, he didn't want us to read it on the show, though, so I won't say his name. Well, I um, think he just didn't want to read one particular part on the show, I think, was actually what he was going for. Oh, uh, right? let's see. Yeah, uh, maybe don't read this live. Uh, <laughs> I, it does say that. Okay. It does say that. I didn't mention your name, so I'll keep. I'll, I'll <laughs> not say the name. But I'll just give a quick little treat here. Hi, guys. Longtime listener from Nottingham, England. Hell yeah. Dude, That I'm serious. That is so cool. Fucking England? Like, people listen to this shit? Uh, to me, I just find that to be really cool. I do. Amazing. Shout out to all the non-Americans that listen to us. We deeply appreciate it. Yeah. We, we appreciate the Americans, too. Don't get me wrong. If you're listening to us, we, we clearly appreciate it. I mean, we'd yeah. be doing this if no one was listening. But all the That's same, true. it's really nice for uh, you know people that... Uh, aren't our friends who listen to us that's basically what it is we appreciate our friends listening to us too but if you don't know us personally and you listen to us wow very flattering thank you (laughs) hey you said it my friend well done well done so thanks for the email he wanted us to keep it off the air but it was cool to get an email from nottingham england all right and if you want to be part of that cinnamon ipod protonmail.com five star review on Apple Podcasts, five-star review on Spotify as well. You can do that. It's very easy. All you do is click the star and put five stars on it. So let's get into quarantine viewing picks. Travis Roy, you have control of the board. All right. Well, you know, I went and visited my mom again. Uh, so there was a few Mommy. movies that I watched. Yes, I, I call her mom or mom, but you can you can, you can can call her mommy. That's weird. It's weird if you do that. That was weird when you did that just now. <laughs> it was. <laughs> So there was a few movies that I watched that I had like zero control over because, you know, basically my stepdad can handles the remote control and it's his house. So I'm not going to give him a hard time about it. Right. Gonna, I, I take hey. that back. I mean, it's Fox News like nonstop there. So I did give some pushback against that naturally. Uh, and he eventually put on MSNBC for me. And I was like, I don't watch this, but OK, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not this or that. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but you know, so there's a couple classic like '60s uh, films I watched: Palm Springs Weekend and Where the Boys Are, with a young George Hamilton. And if you wondered if young George Hamilton was hot, I'm here to tell you he was smoking <laughs> hot. <laughs> um, so that was kind of fun watching those with them. And then they threw on Fargo, which I got no complaints. I hadn't watched Fargo in a long time, and God damn, that movie's funnier every time I watch it. It's it's so good. I it's one of those movies that when I watched it, I was like, that's People think this is funny. This is this is not a comedy. What are you talking about? Uh, and then, like as time is, you know, I was I don't know, I was sixteen. But as time has gone on, that's just funnier and funny. I watched it a couple funny. weeks ago or a couple months ago, and I completely agree. Yep. It's just so funny. Um, you know what? I watched uh, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I actually had veto power on this one, but I was like, why not? This hmm. cast was nuts. I mean, Ellen Burstyn, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Um, who else is in this thing? Angus McFadden, Ashley uh, Ashley Judd, uh, uh, Maggie Smith. I mean, there's a lot of people in this thing. It's, it's worth checking out a lot of similarities to a movie that I think is superior, how to make an American quilt, 
but still uh, a fine film despite the title that very much kept me away from watching it for a long, long time. <laughs> Were the secrets divine? Um, not technically, but by their standards, I guess of the of the Yaya sisterhood. You know, I guess that, you know they can determine their own divinity. Is that the traveling pants? You know, that's another thing. I totally got it confused with the with the sisterhood of the traveling pants, which is a, which yeah. is a completely different film. Sure. Yes. There's oh, just, there's just two movies that have, literally literally probably two that have the word sisterhood in them and we just conflated wow okay yeah Radio. i really learned something there i'm not kidding yeah, we're fucking dunskies um the <laughs> batman is on hbo max so of course i revisited it and... what wait 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 yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 45 day window yeah i thought it said main something no. i'm fucking stupid i yeah. swear i looked Maybe. at it, it said may something yeah we blew our imax window i mean uh, we were gonna re- we talked about revisiting imax and we should have but i'm not going to now i just watched it on hbo max the other night oh it's over but it was uh you know i still think this movie is fucking fantastic i just absolutely cool. love it the second awesome. viewing i had no well, i mean there is flaw in the movie but i it's fucking <gasps> Uh, friend of the show and former guest host, again, Derek Fern, who did the I Heart Huckabees episode. Yeah. He reached out to me and said that he just watched the Batman for the first time. He's excited to watch our instant reaction video yeah, or audio, which we have available. Uh, if you exists. happen to finally watch the Batman, you didn't go see it in the theaters, you can go to our video and watch our instant reaction. It's about 40 minutes. So uh, Derek's really excited to watch that now. He said he fucking loved the movie. That was his opinion. All right. Wow. That's cool. Um, the, Travis, how did the uh, sorry, but no, go ahead. How did how did the I remember you really liked the chase, like the the rain soaked car chase. Oh yeah, the um, the 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 car chase scene was a lot more intense in theaters. Was it? it it wasn't quite the the huge. I mean, like I don't know. I I got different things from it this time in a way. Like I I kind of walked. You know, the first time I saw it, there was I was impressed by certain things. This time I was a little impressed by a few different things. Um, I, I will say that on that Batman uh, thing that we did, I made a joke about the Riddler living across the street from the Penguin. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, that does seem like it's you know, no big spoiler here, but it does seem like that's not an accident, but I will leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Serpico. I'd never seen Serpico, so I watched <laughs> that. You know, it was obviously good. It was good. I feel like it would pair really well with Brubaker, where it was like this period where people were making movies that were like, hey, Let's, let's expose corruption in the system and then it'll still be fucked up afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I saw your tweet about uh, you could just buy a puppy for five bucks on uh, the street. So. You just walk down the street and someone's got a box of puppies like they're bananas. I'm like, hey, you want one of these? It's free. Here, it's free. And it's like, no, I'll pay for it. It's $5. $5. for a life? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then um, right, be- you know, before I get to my big recommendation recommendation of the week, I did also watch right before this uh, viewing or right before this uh, recording of us podcasting right now, I watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I hadn't seen before, which it's goddamn weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird you movie. You spaghetti again? Um, you know, I eat spaghetti by cutting it up, so fuck me, I guess. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, I'm a weirdo like that. I live on the wow. edge. Yeah. Um, I want it slurping no. all over my cheeks. Come on. I, I cut it up like it like up. like a white. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, did, I did enjoy the movie. I was baffled by 
some of the choices that were just like, why is this dialogue in here? Why would you make someone say this? Why would you make us listen to this? Um, but uh, I did like the movie overall. I mean, it's certainly worth seeing. I liked it better than The Lobster, which is the only other one that director that I've watched, which at least, I mean, like, I didn't hate The Lobster by any means, but I thought this had a lot more through lines to it. Like, it was a lot more followable. <laughs> uh, last but not least, go now to theaters and watch everything everywhere all at once i fucking loved it i mean i don't want to over pitch it because i know that like it's i mean it's like got a ridiculously high uh, rotten tomatoes score it has got a ridiculously high imdb score so everyone that's going to finally actually see it is going to be like this is uh okay this is all right a little overwhelmed you know a little over overhyped so i don't want to overhype it but i will oh, say this is that multiverse movie that keeps getting shoved down my throat on youtube I mean, it's just, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm sorry for the algorithm, but it, yeah, there, I mean, it's a multiverse movie. It is stupid, funny, beautiful, sad, hilarious, uh, tragic, like dumb, brilliant. I mean, I it's one of the most innovative pictures I've seen in a long time, and I strongly recommend seeing it. Well, they just keep the commercials like, get ready for the ultimate multiverse film of the season or the year. I'm like, what? Is this so... That's our genre now? I guess I didn't know we're in a genre with that, so that's my fault. <laughs> well, you know, it, it kind of made me think of The One a little bit, which was, I think, 2001 with Jet Li. So it's not like there's this is the first uh, batch of multiverse movies that we've ever had. The theory okay. is that, uh, you know, from the 60s, I want to say, string theory, right? All that kind of stuff. But it um, could be older than that. I'm not a quantum physicist kind of guy. But... I tell you what, it's just a really fucking entertaining movie. That's what it is. So I do recommend it. And those are the films cool. I watched. And that's fantastic. Yeah. Let's send it over to you, Mr. Branstrom. <laughs> you know, man, I, I cannot pull myself away from this uh, Johnny Depp trial. Uh, I'm watching all the coverage. Uh, it's fascinating. I, I Look, I know it's sensationalism uh, and... Being a huge Johnny Depp fan, I am. I know he wouldn't even want his fans watching it. Can't take my eyes off the screen. I've been sitting through <laughs> hours and hours of the most boring testimony imaginable, but I'm eating it up. So that's been taking a lot of my time, but I have watched a few movies, uh, beginning with 2020's uh, Over the Moon, Travis. I believe you talked about this last year. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Fucking loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Glenn Keane is animation legend, man. He's like the uh, animator behind like Little Mermaid, the whole renaissance oh. disney era he was the main one of the main character animator so in his uh one of his very few uh first directorial efforts he he makes this uh and it's fucking fantastic just so imaginative like it it does steer away from the classical structure of a of a similar picture uh, it's just supremely imaginative more so than i expected it it just went to places i'd never seen in a movie and uh, that's the power of animation. Uh, mm. Loved it, man. Loved it. If you if you missed it or never even heard of it like I did, check it out on uh, Netflix. Yeah, uh, it really fantastic. It kind of got lost in the shuffle, and it shouldn't have. It's really really good. Yeah, uh, a fantastic, nearly all Asian cast. Margaret Cho, uh, Ken. What what the fuck? I'm a huge fan. What the heck is that? Ken Young. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sandra O. Oh. Superb. I loved it. Uh, some some. Uh, Trash thrillers from the late 80s and the early 90s. Um, cop. <laughs> James Woods cop movies. Just oh, yeah. Cop. Never saw uh, that. 1988. Uh, 
Yeah, I turned it on, and I'm like, shit, James Elroy? It's based on the book Blood on the Water from like hmm. legendary pot boiler James Elroy. For some reason, they're like, ah, dumb title. Let's just call it Cop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. And I yeah. know James Woods gets a lot of shit and, you know, for, for um, many reasons. Does he not give reasons. out a lot of shit? Does he not just spew bile out of his mouth? Anyways, is it better or worse? Is it better or worse than the hard way? That's really what I need to know. It's worse, but uh, I liked it quite a bit. Of course it is. Of course it and is. I, I mean, I'll be goddamned if I don't miss his acting. Uh, I, you know, personal opinion aside about his... his Blah blah blah. Fine. I mean, he's a good I, actor. I, I, used to, I used to really enjoy him, yeah. um, but uh, this this was an interesting movie. Um, solid. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could say the same thing about Catherine Bigelow's. I believe maybe her first feature, Blue Steel. Uh, <laughs> <I checked it laughs> Jamie Lee on, Curtis. <laughs> I checked it out on Tubi because you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is a cop. I hit play immediately. Kevin Dunn, Richard Jenkins. Didn't uh, you do Near Dark cast. before that? Near Dark. Yeah, yeah, my, my bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> awful, awful, um, awful. There's nothing there. It's just so bad. Uh, that's it, man. That's it. Cop, oh. blue steel, over the moon, <laughs> and this fucking trial. They just labors on. Uh, but, you know, I, I I was watching that the other day, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's, like, getting into, like, the most personal shit. I mean, I wasn't watching it like yeah. you're watching it live, but I, yeah. I saw some clips, you know, and it just, yeah. I can't even believe the depths of, like, like his personal life that they're getting into this it's just uncomfortable as fuck it's more yeah. uncomfortable than even the killing of a sacred deer <laughs> that's hard to top that's hard to but, top yeah. i mean just a, a i've never actually watched a trial uh, procedurally speaking and just that alone is interesting the minutia but yeah i mean it's something hmm. right. well i mean sometimes things don't go your way uh that's true so, sometimes you feel like a man that. So yes, yeah. Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes yeah, there's other sometimes things that happen. There's a man. Almond joy. Sometimes there's a man. Uh, blend our where has reference yeah, where, blend? <laughs> where has the time gone? What happened over the last seven days? I don't even know what I've done the last seven days, but it Did feels you like watch any movies during that time. Yeah, it feels like I didn't watch any films. Uh, I've really got to be honest. I've been stuck on these goddamn. I've been, I've been back to YouTube again. Although YouTube mm. has free movies that a couple that I've almost clicked on that I wanted to watch, including 1991's Necessary Roughness, which is a stupid but great football movie starring Sinbad, Scott Bakula, but I didn't mm. click on it, so I can't take credit for it. <laughs> um, but I've been watching a lot of Joe Blows. What the fuck happened to so-and-so? I got to admit, mm. they're, they're pretty... I get sucked into it. I, I admit it. I'm like, like, what the fuck happened to Steven Seagal? It was one of them, actually. That was a couple uh, weeks ago. What that. the fuck happened to uh, Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten Dunst? I was like, well. Uh, she was nominated think... for Academy Award this yeah, year. Yeah, I thought that was. <laughs> I don't really know how they choose the what the fuck happened to. It seems like uh, what the fuck happened to Mel Gibson. Like, we think we know that. I don't really need to. He's also but they go... in a film that's in theaters right now. So, like, what are we, what are we yeah, talking about? Here? I actually I... want to see that. Father Stu, I kind of, I'll tell you. You know, Mel Gibson has had a tough life. He's also been an alcoholic, so I, I empathize a little bit with that too. It doesn't excuse everything, but um, I do understand his life to a certain degree. Being someone who's made mistakes myself, taking a lot of pills and shit. So, uh, but I never went on like a rant about Jews or anything either. So I don't. You got uh, that going I, for you. I do. I do. I do. Thanks, Travis. Um, but <laughs> it's also that shock jaw comment. Uh earlier yeah actually you know what i did the other day on is it safe our, another podcast to do with our friend luke who's been on the show before uh i mixed I up jawbreaker came through town the other day and mm, i saw that I'm, yeah i didn't go uh, but our yeah. friend scott went and 
I mixed up Jawbreaker with Glassjaw, and I don't know why I made that mistake. But remember that band Glassjaw? That was I like was, kind of yeah. But I was I was a Jawbox fan. I know you are too. Yeah. So I was like, oh. oh, I was always like, I can't listen to Jawbreaker because I already listened to Jawbox and Glassjaw. That's just that's just a that's just a bridge too far. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I agree. I listened to a little, listened to a little Glassjaw. I'm just kidding. But I never got. I agree. I, I think what ended up happening is me and Luke we. Only saw Glassjaw because they were headlining for like Sparta and Hot Water and Band. Yeah. That's what we really want to see. This is like yeah. an O2. So I made that mistake. Uh, never been a big Jawbreaker fan. Jawbox is better than all those bands by far. Absolutely. So. Uh, Spoiler King says, in a few years, it'll be what the fuck happened to Will Smith? Uh-oh. <laughs> Yikes. You know, I'm going to echo a sentiment that has been going around. Like, how is it that Ezra Miller can just do <laughs> fuck all? I mean, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not in favor of beating people up on live television or anywhere, or smacking them or anywhere, you know, but uh, does seem like, I don't know. I, I don't want to see Will Smith's career gone. I do hope that he comes back from this. And I think he will. He's a big fucking star who's been around many decades. He's going to come back from this. I'm not worried. Yep. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it'll happen. He might go in the basement for a while, but he'll yeah. be back. So. Yeah, he's going to go sit in the corner for a couple of years, but he'll, he'll <laughs> think about what he did wrong. He'll come back out. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Cinema Nine Podcast. We're talking about movies, and now it's time for our main event. This week, does it hold up or not? Eric Brancham has selected 1999's Boiler Room. Hi, Dr. Jacobs. This is Chris Marlin over at J.T. Marlin. Marlin? Right. He's my father. My so my associate tells me you're interested in one of our stocks. I will call her back. Uh, yes, uh, MSC sounds like it might be interesting. Might be. Might be doesn't sell stock at the rate MSC is going for it, Dr. Jacobs. We're talking very high volume here. Oh, well, I still have to run it by my people. That's great, Doc, if you want to miss yet another opportunity here and watch your colleagues get rich doing clinical trials and don't buy a share and hang up the phone. Well, hold on a second now. I didn't say that. I just want to talk about it some more. Honestly, Doc, I don't have the time. This stock is blowing up right now. The whole firm's going nuts. Hold on. Let me open up the door to my office. Oh, my See that, Doc? That's my trading floor. Now I have a million calls to make to a million other doctors who are already in the know. I can't walk you through this right now. I'm sorry. Starring a host of people who acted in movies before and since, including Vin Diesel. Uh, what's his face? The guy? Uh, <laughs> Nicky Cat? Giovanni Ribisi? Oh, yeah, Nicky Cat? Oh, of course, Nicky Cat. Yeah, of how course. could I? This, chalk this up to the movies that Eric has picked where Nicky Cat plays Giovanni Ribisi's friend slash bully, because that's the second one. <laughs> it <laughs> including is, that Suburbia. is too. <laughs> oh. Oh, how about that? You're absolutely right about that. Uh, Nia Long, of course, and uh, kind of like part-time here and there. Uh, What's-his-face pops in and out. It's like the head honcho. I got 2,000. I got 2,000 of my, my, my source. Oh, really? The year 2,000 for boys. Oh, shit balls! I'm making a huge mistake. Look at me. February, 18th, February 18th, 2,000. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, I'm fired. You're right. You're I'm absolutely fired, and I just made an assumption on things. So <laughs> I got a lot to learn, and uh, I will make mistakes on occasion. So Travis is absolutely correct. This movie is 2000, not 99. No rant but, uh, against Jewish people, though. So you, again, you, you're you're doing okay. I'm still on the good side of things there. Uh, yes. So Travis, do you remember the first time you saw Boiler Room? I don't think I saw this one in theaters. I definitely saw it. This was when I was working at Blockbuster with my good friend Eric Brandstrom. Um, so I definitely saw this one, you know, a week or so before it came out, like I did everything because that's how it, that was the great 
big perk of working at Blockbuster was free video rentals and you got stuff a week, sometimes two weeks before they were available to rent. And this was definitely one I would have been on having been a fan of Giovanni Ribisi in a big way, honestly, at that time, like a good indie film nerd in the year 2000. I liked his stuff and I liked Vin Diesel. And I liked Nikki Cat. So, of course, this is something. And I liked Jamie Kennedy, I guess, too. Fine. So, yeah, definitely saw this one. And yeah, you know, another one that. Yes, the movie poster adorned a wall somewhere in one of the places that I lived in my life and uh didn't watch it since probably oh three oh four i'm sorry to hear that okay i don't know if that's a bad thing or not i'm I'm fine with it i'm okay yeah you seem fine with it i'm good eric Resher, what about you first time you saw boiler room um yeah i i I checked i can't say i rented it but i absolutely remember i checked it out but when it came in uh pre-release we would take we would take them all home and then when the, the date came to actually be able to rent them out, they'd, they'd all be at our houses. So <laughs> customers couldn't even rent them. We'd be like, oh, shit, I got to bring that in tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the cast, man. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this cast is incredible, man. Uh, poster alone, it says it all, man. And uh, to be, you know, at 18, no, we were just about 20 years yeah, old. 20. We were like just this idea of success and like this go get them attitude and this like vi- MTV vibrancy of the late 90s was like it was very infectious. So I remember being very excited to see this. Uh, and I did many, many times over uh, the course of a couple years, but I haven't seen it in probably 20 years. Yeah, that's it right there. It's one of those movies we watched the fuck out of for a couple years and then just didn't watch and that it was again it. for a long yeah, time. Wore it, it out. Broke the videotape. Yep. Yeah, this was a movie that came on all the time we used to watch it a lot like you said and i remember watching it as soon as it came out on vhs dvd and uh, as soon as that happened and it became a regular staple we used to watch it at all the apartments i lived at during those days those were the days (laughs) uh, (laughs) then there's mud yeah and then there's mud and uh we watched it i watched it all the time yeah and i remember watching it feels like i watched it in okamas probably around 2001, whenever it came out. Back then, it took a little bit longer for movies to come out on DVD, and now it just, you know, Batman, the Batman shows up in 45 days, so (laughs) made to order. That shit's old news. But in terms of the IMDb score, and I have not looked, so I'm going to take a guess. Anybody else? I have not looked. I'll say... um... God, we keep on guessing like the same. We're back in the numbers. zone. We're in that zone again. <laughs> yeah. It seems. I mean, okay. I'll. I'll. I'll get. I. I'll go a little lower just to mix it up since I keep on picking the same number. I'll say this is a six point eight. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was gonna say. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think what you were gonna say is Not like fair. a seven one, Travis. Yeah, I was gonna probably. say like a seven seven one. That's what. Actual I retail say. price is seven point oh. Yep. So uh, it didn't matter. I appreciate uh, you mixing it up a bit. Yeah, but we're uh, back in that. We have to come up with like a f- name for this zone because a lot of these movies are in this particular range of seven, seven, one, seven, two, six, nine. So, yeah, I guess we're on a cold streak. We're the boring near now. Classics, the near classics, the near classics, and a very special the near classics. <laughs> of course, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they talk about movies there, and hmm. you know, I gotta say, the guy in Joe Blow, he always bring, he says things so annoyingly sometimes, like, on the tomatoes that are rotten, where they judge tomatoes, it's like, 
I don't want to sound like that guy, and I hope that doesn't go inside of me. No offense, Joe Blow, but yeah, you could do better than that. Yeah, stop just, watching it if you're if you're starting to you know <laughs> like a silly putty against a, a blondie uh, comic, just <laughs> picking it up. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, oh wow, look at this—a giant advertisement for the unbearable weight of massive talent, a crowd-pleasing triumph. We can't see that, Mike. I know. I'm just letting you know. There's, it's very colorful. It's a yellow and blue, a light like teal blue. Very strange. Uh, Boiler Room got a 66% from the critics. That's not great. That's below seven, I think, in my opinion, on IMDb. 6.6. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Math. <laughs> uh, the, audi- the audience gave it a 7.8, 78%. So. Okay. That's pretty high. That's very high. That is very high. That's a, that's a healthy gap. Good to see that gap in there. Uh, I, cr- you know. I got a theory. Ooh, let's hear it. Okay. I think that people, a lot of people like this movie. Eric, you mentioned that we were 19, you know, when we watched it. I think a lot of people that watched this movie were around that age. And the satire, the um, the commentary yep. may have been lost on some viewers who liked it for the wrong reasons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the critics who were older were like, Oh, this looks lame now. Like, come on, this is cheesy. But it was very relevant to, yeah, yeah. It's frat, yeah, a frat fest, and but they, yeah, it was a satire. I thought it was. I agree. We'll talk more about that. Uh, As far as the critical review, uh, no goody coons, no, uh, no Dustin Thompson. I'm not seeing him yet. Uh, I haven't heard from him a minute. Yeah, I miss him. You know know I miss him. We, I know you do. Yeah, I think we all miss him, don't we? Yeah. Uh, can I get a relevant critic here? These are all. How about this guy? Oh my god, this is a great name. I'm going to use this. Uh, Widget Walls. Shut the fuck up. That's <laughs> what it says, man. I'm. You can go look it up. It's called NeedCoffee.com. Widget Walls. That's a, that's a that's a pen name. <laughs> it's definitely a pen name. It's definitely a pen name. But it is Widget Walls. Jesus. Widget Fucking Hobbit. Walls. It fits. <laughs> good, yeah. Goody Coons. Widget Walls. We get them all here. Uh, <laughs> catch it one afternoon to save some bucks. Uh, uh, what? Okay. what? Yeah, widget? I don't know what that means at all. Nice oh, try, oh, widget. Oh, he, he's saying, um, or they're saying, who fucking knows that they're a widget? Um, they're saying, don't spend full price on this. Go to a matinee. Uh, yeah, I agree. You're right. Yeah, that's what, that's it. Like an investment humor or something. And that's what I thought too. <laughs> like, you're gonna learn something from this movie, but no, he's saying don't waste your money on a late night feature. <laughs> Kids love that investment humor. Like widget. Uh, good old Eves, Roger Ebert said, the movie hums with authenticity and knows a lot about the cult-like power of a company that promises to turn its trainees into millionaires and certainly turns them into efficient phone salesmen. Yeah, yeah, this, the movie does know a lot about that. This is telemarketing the movie. <laughs> it is. It really is. Damn. Yeah, we've had white people in the movie. Now we have telemarketing the movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> How about uh, Emmanuel Levy from Variety? He says, Last Reel is particularly disappointing in its naive philosophy, manifest in Younger's rush to bring the various conflicts to satisfying closure. Little rushed. Okay. I can... He's saying that yeah. the ending's rushed, is right? Is what he's saying? The third act? Yeah, the, the last, yeah, the third. I think that's what the last reel implies, third act. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's saying yeah. Uh, uh, Stephanie younger. Zacharak from Salon.com says, In movie making, as in cold calling, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes conviction is almost enough. Wow. So they're just like believing in, in their performances? They're selling it? Act as if. 
Hey, 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 why didn't she just say that? She should have said that. Yeah, okay, so I didn't mention Ben Affleck's in this fucking movie, and uh, he's like the Alec Baldwin yes. of the fucking Glengarry Glen Ross. He's playing Alec Baldwin, which makes sense, because one of the things I really got this time that I never really got before is that, like, they, they reference Glengarry Glen Ross. They watch wall street and they are watching wall street because they're getting the wrong message from gordon gecko and they're like literally this is younger trying to tell his audience like hey they're getting the wrong message from these guys you should make sure you don't get the wrong message from my movie and i'm like a 19 year old kid going no fuck you ben younger i'm gonna think these guys are cool (laughs) (laughs) and uh and yeah and i think that you know ben affleck's character is consciously emulating alec baldwin's character in glengarry glenn ross like not that the filmmakers are doing that but that literally the character is doing that that's interesting yeah uh ron rifkin's in this movie too just want to mention that (laughs) the man can act give it up for ron rifkin ladies and gentlemen perpetually looks like he just got like kicked in the balls for like the entire (laughs) run times seth yeah seth yeah yeah he always looks like he, he always looks like he's angrily smelling smoke (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah you think about la confidential the negotiator and then this movie like three straight years of this ron rifkin oh looking at this he does have that look he really does have that rifkin's look pissed. Um, he's, yeah rifkin's pissed that was always a part of this movie like this guy's the biggest asshole ever but is like he, is he though is he the entire Kinda. movie, I'm like, I agree with everything this guy's saying. Get, what? Get, get together, the fuck? You loser. No, no, um, no. I, yeah. I'm gonna have to go with Eric on this one. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly in Camp Rifkin for most much of this movie. I do think well, that yeah. he's a prick about what he does when what he, how he says it a lot of times. But I'm I not your friend. I'm your father, Seth. Yeah, yeah. That whole the, our relationship. I'm not your girlfriend. Like, what the fuck? You, you know what he means here. He's talking about your relate. Like, what are you, what are you being an asshole for? So there, there's definitely times where he's a king prick for no reason. But like when he tells him, like you unbelievable piece of shit, how many people have you fucked <laughs> over? I'm yeah, like, right. yes, yes. Tell your son he's a piece of yeah. shit. He's fucking people over out of their life savings for no reason. Oh well, I thought it was cool when he was running the poker. What I, I do, Dad. Oh, well, here we go. Why, here we go. That's why he's doing it. So then again, I mean, here? you can be in Camp Rifkin all you want, but like. The fact is that character is part of a, a, a p- pinnacle of the judicial system. So I'm sure he's, you know, his head is his, his hand has been dipped in some uh, some seediness himself. So, but uh, yeah, oh, and they're they're Jewish. They're, they, you know, the Jewish community very tight knit over there. And like he also, oh. I can understand why he'd be paranoid and like, hey, you know, I am a judge, and what the fuck are you doing, man? I right. I am cool with him being pissed about the the new job, but. Yeah, I thought the rent of the casino was great. You know what? Good, good on him. I like the casino. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I wish he would have stayed open on that one. But I guess completely illegal. Why would you, why would you encourage your son to to do something that's racketeering, <laughs> isn't it? Like, why would you? Yeah, it's, I'm a bad father. <laughs> I'm Jose Canseco. Um, like, why would you encourage your son to do something that could send them to jail for? to prison for years and and seth keeps acting surprised that his dad is pissed off at his life choices it's like uh, the real fucking (laughs) kicker is when he goes to his dad's office after his father tells him he's a piece of shit and tries to pitch him on a fucking stock i'm like what are you are you high like are you literally high right now apparently after that that monty saw the monologue something's going on with him (laughs) Uh, there's also some uh, full-on racism in this movie. 
Oh, is there, some, some? Is there any misogyny or homophobia? Really? A little bit. A dabble, do you? Yeah. There's all that. Hardy dab. A, a, a dollop. Mm-hmm. A couple dollops. So... Two N words in, I was like, "So what? What is this? Like, <laughs> like what purpose is this serving? Is this like insecurity coming out in in the form of racism? What is all this, dude? I got just I mean, but, go ahead. Sorry, is this the the Tarantino like hyper realism? Like this is how they would talk. So I'm trying to be as real as I can yes. be. Yes, that's what it really? is. It really made me think of when I was 16, maybe 15 years old, and I wrote my first and i think only screenplay oh mongoose um yeah mongoose thank you <laughs> you remember um and uh and yeah, as a big huge tarantino fan at the time i of course went like well i can't make a movie if every character isn't just a horrific racist how would anyone believe it how would anyone believe that this is yeah, reality it's not real if, if every word out of their mouth wasn't dripping with venom, like why yeah. would anyone, you know, and that's what I think is happening in this movie. Now, on one hand, you're like, you're supposed to be like, Oh, like these guys are pricks. They're racist. They're homophobes here. They're misogynists. But like, they're not really judged for that at any point in the movie. Like hopefully you as the viewer are judging them. And at one point, like, uh, Giovanni looks at Nikki cat sideways, but that's about it. That's the only, um, any sort of like there's no comeuppance for that no, right. there's no there's no like hey this is you know there's, no, there's just, it's just a bunch of fucking racist but and and and, and bigots but it's all white 20 year olds in a room together they, they've gone straight from the frat to this area in the year 99 or so mm-hmm. um it's not entirely unbelievable yeah um look at they're idiots, so I could see in a way while he's trying to, like, look, these are morons. They're not smart people at all. And no. I think if you know anything about racism, it comes from ignorance. It does. Yeah. So I guess if you want to sell that point, that's fine. But supposedly Greg slept with Neil Longs, like they had a brief fling, right? And then, you know, the Nicky Cat character. Yeah. And then he says all these racist things, so it's like, I don't know. Maybe that's what would happen. I don't know. This guy's just like, he's ready to turn his back on anybody in every given moment. I don't know. Would the movie be any different without the these you know these slurs? Uh, I think we'd still get the I, same I, message of the film. We, I, th- I think the problem could possibly be watching, we're watching this as a bunch of like Midwestern, fairly mm-hmm. comfortable white kids. But anybody that's not white that's watching this, hearing all of this shitty racial language, when the whole soundtrack is predominantly Ugh. like hip hop, yeah, it's very icky. I mean, and it starts off with like him saying, like, I mean, like he quotes Biggie and like yeah. says like that, like you either like shoot hoops or like you know sling crack rock, like right. Mm-hmm. That's and it's like, oh, buddy, he's not talking joy. about you, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then he says that like this is the white boy equivalent of slinging crack rock, which right. is just, ugh. yeah, says the judge's son. Oh, well, you know, I mean, in the end, this is a movie about a father and a son, right? I guess. Yeah. Okay. No, definitely, it's not, it's, no. I mean, that, it, it's a big part of it, though. Yeah, I'm kind of kidding when I say that. What I mean, though, to talk about is the fact that Wolf of Wall Street exists now. So this movie was very much based off the story of George Jordan Belfort. Belfort. Yeah. yeah. But it, he he's not in it. You know, it, this was earlier and he. I think he just got out of prison after this and was starting to tell his story. And uh, now we live in the world with Wolf of Wall Street. So to me, 
Things have changed so much now because 20 plus years went by, of course, and Wolf of Wall Street exists, which was, you know, say what you will about the movie. It's a it's a presence. It's a massive presence. Yeah. And that, so now when I, I can't help but kind of compare it to Boiler Room and I, I, I get the same message out of both the films, you know, I really do. I mean, is it fair um, to compare Ben Younger in his first film? In his feature film debut, right. to Martin Scorsese, uh, late in the game, like but before he's lost it, because Martin Scorsese is one of those guys that just doesn't seem to be losing it, like 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 Coppola. Um, but Aww. hey, let's be honest: have you seen Byzantine or any other crap he's churned out in the last few years? <laughs> um, Long good. way off from Rumblefish, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, that. that's a fair point. Oh, you've never? Yeah, we talked about that. Nick Cage fan that I am. I know. I need to see that. <laughs> yeah, you got to get your ass so, to Mars. I know. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the bigger question could possibly be how like Mamedian this is trying to be, but failing. Uh, like, I laugh at a lot of this. I think the humor works in this quite quite well. I it's funny. I I was still laughing. Um, when they try to be like super clever with their like rapid fire dialogue and stuff that flirts with this Mamedian type deal. That's kind of where it, it loses me. We're talking about a movie that references Glenn Gary, and literally you got characters sitting around watching a better, clearly a better movie than what I'm being shown. <laughs> That's always kind of a problem for me. And they just look like they're just playing dress up, and I'm not invested in these, no pun intended, in, in these characters because they want to be like other more interesting characters in a different movie. Okay, yeah. I mean... I didn't laugh, by the way. I didn't think... I, I yeah, mean, besides what you, the one candy? thing with Rifkin, yeah, eh, no, I, I didn't. That. No, I'm I didn't have really any like hearty laughs. I heard that way. You laugh at Nikki Katz. <laughs> I actually bullshit. laughed. I actually laughed harder at the oh, your son. That was hilarious. Oh, that yeah. made me laugh yeah. here. Yeah. I'm laughing I'm now. I'm with you. I laughed hardest. <laughs> at Giovanni Ribisi's like tear. Like I can just see like Giovanni Ribisi like doing that scene. We're talking about the yeah. um the the confrontation between him and his father in his father's office where he breaks into tears. <sighs> I can see him doing that scene and doing it really well. And Ben Younger being like, no offense to Ben Younger, I don't know the man, but I can see Ben Younger being like, that was good, that was good. Could you do it again, but bigger? Okay, that was good. Yeah. That was good. Do it again, but like a little bit bigger, maybe a little more teary, and like. Giovanni being like, all right, <laughs> like, I'll go for it, man. And that's, and you know, what I mean? it's just like so, it's really over the top. It's, uh, it, I can see Ben Younger being like, give me more. Remember your performance in The Other Sister? Can I get some of that thrown in? <laughs> Did uh, Inception rip off this moment for in Inception with the pinwheel and the moment with the father and a son and a bike and the accident? I feel like Inception's ripping off Boiler Room. That's well, my new I mean, theory now. So, have you, have you seen where there's an older, um, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie Duck comic book that is literally the fucking plot of Inception. So <laughs> no, I haven't they, seen that. Yeah, they they go they they go into Scrooge's dreams and um put an idea into his head to give away his fortune to some goons. It's ridiculous. Wow, that's a wow. Well, that's news to me. That's a side note, but wow. There's a, yeah, there's more than that too. I mean, there's, it's like. It's like beat per beat. It's, Quite it's actually really close. Um, oh, but, man. you know, that's fine. Filmmaking is always a process of influence and yeah. artistic impersonation, just like any other genre or, you know, medium, I should say. We have, let's talk about Vin Diesel, guys. Vin Diesel. Oh, any Vin. comments on Vin? I was just going to bring that up because 
last summer, I, I got into Vin Diesel quite a bit because I uh, you got to watch Multifacial, his short <laughs> film, which is unbelievable. Well, I remember really liking his short that got him noticed, Multifacial, that he wrote and directed. Oh, is that like a Bukaki pic- picture? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's about him struggling with his biracial uh, ethnicity oh, while being a, a struggling actor. Whoops. Okay. So, between that and the anti-Semitism, this show is getting off to us. Yeah, we're going downhill. We're turning into boiler room. <laughs> Only the Jewish guy is being anti-Semitic. So. <laughs> Only the Jewish guy is being anti-Semitic. But I, was a, but I was a fan, man. <laughs> and then Strays, his follow-up, I, I remember calling a, saying that he kind of reminded me of a, a young Stallone, like a, like a uh, grinding wow. it out uh, on his own to try to make a career for himself. I like, I like Massifier. Private Caparzo, but oh. I I dig him in this. Like I I I think he's strong in it. A lot of me wishes yeah. the movie was about him instead of Seth because I don't really mm. give a fuck about the Seth character, but the Chris character kind of interests me. Right. Okay, let's talk about how do these guys these guys are clueless. They want to be clueless, or did they know about it and they're just like fuck it? I mean, this seems all like this would be pretty ups, easy to expose. Yeah, all, all of the higher ups know about it, including. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Greg, Thomas Everett Scott, Thomas Everett Scott. That's why I think you have a more like we. This is literally what I don't know when the last time you saw Wall Street is, but you want to talk beat for beat. This is the same thing. A, a guy gets into this industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's yeah. he's an up and comer. He finds out, oh, it's not what you thought it was. Lame romantic subplot that goes nowhere. It's the same movie. They think they can get away mm. with it though by including Wall Street in the <laughs> film. I guess if you reference the movie, but if you have a movie you. about. Like these in, these investment chop shops, and you know that right off the bat, and you have somebody maybe like the Chris character, knowing exactly what he's getting into and how to navigate, still being able to do that with with also doing this and that. I think that's a more interesting movie with more to say than this, which is derivative. Yeah, here's, okay. here's a question for you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, let's hear it. Nia Long's character Abby, why in blue fuck? Would she be interested in Seth at all? It makes zero sense. Like all he's just one of many fucking doofuses that rolls through her office. Like he's not particularly charming or handsome. They don't really seem to have any connection. He asked her like where the fucking bathroom is or some shit. I mean, it's completely like moment at a bar, Travis later, later. But like, it's like she starts flirting with him. Like on the first, on the first meeting, it's like at first sight. I'm like, what is, why? I just don't, I don't buy it at all. She just breaks up with Greg. So she probably has a very low opinion of these types. (laughs) And then yet she's hitting on the new recruits. Yeah, it makes it's just like I'm watching this whole movie and being like, I just don't buy this at all, which was one of the problems I had with the film in general was that like no offense to Nia Long, but like I, I wasn't I mean, like, I think there was moments where she was believable moments where she wasn't. I feel like there was a lot of moments where Vin was not believable. I wasn't buying much of what Jamie Kennedy was doing. I wasn't <laughs> buying much of what Ben Affleck was doing. It, a lot of it felt Jamie like, Kennedy. <laughs> a lot of it very much felt like actors doing stuff in this in mostly the same setting. It's a lot of hot young faces like Scott Codd and Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> they're, they're the douchebag. They have no redeeming qualities at all. But there's supposedly a next level. There's a hierarchy here. You got the cons and the Kennedys. Then you got the cats. And then the Chris is above the cat. And then supposedly Seth is above. Is that how it works? Did no, I get it right? So- and then Rod Rifkin rules over all of it. So oh, I don't know. <laughs> I thought Tom Everett Scott. Is that me? <laughs> 
Uh, oh no, I'm just talking about the hierarchy of like how we how likable the characters are. So like there's no redeeming oh. value to Scott Kahn and Jamie Kennedy's characters at all. Like they're just they're morons. They are cavemen morons. Scott yeah. Kahn's just ready to fight everybody. Like that stupid scene between oh, the Wall Street on. assholes who are assholes, and then like these just chop shop assholes. Who are we supposed to root for now? Watching this in 2022. <laughs> People fucking hate rich people. They hate anybody who has anything to do with money now. So it's like fuck all these guys. Light the whole place on fire and burn it down. Yeah, the I only people I think I, the only people I think I wrote, rooted for in this movie was the gay uh, table that like put Scott Conn in his exactly. Place. He's, he's <laughs> on like the gay much. island. <laughs> was, Pretty much. I was like, yeah, go you guys. I should have just. I want to follow you guys and hang out with you instead of for the rest of this picture instead of these assholes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd like to say that um, I very much rooted for um, Harry, who actually played pretty well by <laughs> Harry Nichols. But like, it's Harry. so like spot on, like <laughs> fuck this guy over. It's like fucking like um, public service announcement made for TV, Lifetime movie, like crisis <laughs> scenes like, between him and his family. Life it's stories, like, people in crisis. Yeah, yeah, when he, yeah. When he's like. <laughs> When he's like hunched over in the kitchen as they're leaving out the yeah, front door, like he's like literally, you, like you blew our you blew our nut, you blew our like our shaking on the staircase. <laughs> Come yeah. on! And the fact that Seth tries to save him, like hey, you got to put this one through, man, before it all goes to hell. That wouldn't happen. Uh, Harry's fucked. Nope, his life Harry's is over, and he's gonna start fucked. a new life as a bagger in a fucking grocery store in Iowa. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I'm not Camp Harry, but uh, but he's fucked, and like okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, do be. I don't please. know much about like the stock market. I had to jump on Wikipedia and look up this plot, what chop shops were, because like Giovanni Ribisi, like he explains it to Nia Long in like oh, 40 seconds. So and then that funky. stupid FBI lame white van surveillance crew like comes out of nowhere. Like we're supposed <laughs> to get into this surveillance subplot. But honestly, like, what what is this? Okay, I get that they're buying up penny stocks that are worthless, selling them for a shitload, and then making money, and then moving to a different town to do this. But like, how how, how does this like how does Seth not know this immediately? Like, does he check the stock market? Does he look up anything? What is does he do anything to realize that, like this situation? Like, what is this plot? I mean, I, I mean, I think the part of it has to be that like these guys are all amoral as fuck because they're just. They want the money. They all want money. Um, to go back to the Spilla! Harry, yeah. To go back to the Harry thing real quick. Also, like if you're talking to a complete stranger and you're like, "Oh yeah, let me discuss my household finances with my wife," and that stranger's like, "No, no, 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 you don't need to do that. I'm about to go to the bathroom. I'm, I need to use eat lunch. Like, I, don't talk to your wife about money. Like, hey man, red flag. Like, what are you doing? But uh, okay, I yeah. uh, will say real quick. You know, 22 years ago. It was a bit of a newer thing. This cold calling in this tele, you know, these telemarketing calls—they were still a part of the a newer thing. I, I, I'm not really going to defend it. I just think maybe we should just put ourselves in that moment for a second. That's all I want to say. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I've been okay. in that moment. Uh, in 2001, I took a job for Kirby Vacuum Cleaners in Highland, <laughs> Michigan. Uh, I walked in the door. This guy Paul sat me down at a desk, handed me literally a phone book and said start calling he turned to page one like at anthony adams <laughs> called anthony adams asked him if he wanted to me to come out yep. and demonstrate a kirby vacuum he said no and hung up on me 
then I called the next guy on the list. Like, this is seriously a thing, especially in 2001. And it's a numbers game. I think Affleck says that. It's all a numbers game. Eventually, someone's going to be like, all right, come over and show it to me. But, like, uh, the the... Like these high rollers, like the doctor, like the scene where like the doctor's like, all right, I'm listening. Put me in on that. It's yeah. not believable. No one's going to. These guys are clearly like a- amateur hour script reading rebuttal Rolodex. Be surprised how fucks. dumb doctors can be, actually. Or anyone really? for that matter. But I, I agree. I mean, like it, to me, there was a lot of this that felt. It almost felt like a lot of the stuff, like with the doctor and like with Harry, the the guy that gets screwed over, they almost were, seemed like they're supposed to be composite characters or something. Like they're supposed to be representative of of all the people that they were fucking over and stuff, I guess. But like it, mm. it, it felt cobbled together. Um, I don't know. My favorite thing about the movie was the wood paneling in uh, in Giovanni Ribisi's apartment. Really dug that that style. <laughs> I'm like, that's, yeah. you want to get out of this apartment? This place is great. I love that wood paneling. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had sandwiches. If you lost a lot of money, you could have a sandwich. So much Coca-Cola. That one scene when um, he's like... 32 liters. You, you saw that? It was like 30 <laughs> yeah. empty two liters there. And I'm like, what liters. the fuck is going on? Then I remembered, like, he, this must be for mixers for the for like, for like the drinks and the shit. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I think Giovanni's got a problem, or at least Seth Davis has a problem with the Coca-Cola Classic. That's a that's a serious crisis there. It really is. You know, when they're in the the office like that on those calls with the doctor and shit and trying to hook someone, I was just longing for John C. McGinley in Wall Street to like say something funnier. I really was. Like he's that's what I wanted. I'm like, can we just put on Wall Street? Can I stop watching this? Just put Wall Street on instead cuz I'd have more fun watching Charlie Sheen and McGinley shoot the shit and then like have old fucking <laughs> old Hal come down the hall. Well, you know, bud, the thing about money is, bud, I think uh, I'd rather man, watch I the other help. sister. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast near you. Okay. Uh, okay, so what else about this movie? Is it, I mean, tell me. Uh, we, I don't know. We got like 20 minutes to kill here, though. This will be like our shortest. Oh, we started, we, did, we started earlier on this one, just for the record. We got we started at 29 minutes, which is we usually start like 35 to 40. So. Yeah, that's true. Just saying. I was paying attention. There was a, there was a lot of lot to get into we were eager to discuss boiler room do you notice dr melfi's son get pissed dr melfi's son shows up <laughs> in the, the casino yeah. and he's very angry i'm like oh dr melfi's son bye <laughs> yeah that's dr melfi's son yeah. also uh seth's sidekick is the uh, kid from meet the parents and scary movie so oh, that I guy he's familiar good, good catch he's from a couple movies during that period all in fact holy shit all three of those movies, including this one, are from the year 2000. Wow. He just showed up in this movie, Meet the Parents, and Scary Movie in 2000. He's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, he made his money and went home. <laughs> wow. He must he had, he's like, really good agent he's like Dominic, uh, what's his face? Dom, uh, Dom Hall Gleason when he showed up in every movie for two years in 2014 <laughs> and 15. So, yeah, good for him. Uh, should we mention, uh, what about... You know, Seth's mom. She's she has like the most ineffectual part ever. So should we give credit to that? I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she has like one scene on phone, like, you know your father, Seth. Like, why are you even in this movie? Like, why just kill the mom? The mom shouldn't even exist. She's like she's not there. Um maybe to kind of have it because he's he's supposed to come from like a good home. He's supposed to come like this is he's got a he's got a loving good family. Stock. He's got yeah, he's got a he's got a solid foundation and he's making this choice to be a shit bag and that's just sad huh i guess (laughs) 
Yes. Matt Wilson says, I think I saw this with Eric, and we couldn't stop laughing at Vin Diesel's acting. Wow. I think what Eric changes too. Seth, Seth, what the fuck? Yeah, lots uh, it, of Jewish jokes and Italian jokes. Jewish joke and yes. Italian joke. Then there'll be a Jewish mm-hmm. joke followed by an Italian joke, and then one more followed by one more. Again, they're saying that these people, you know, they're not high-level thinkers. Like, they're just, they're base-level dipshits who are just, you know, the man machismo locker room talk, yeah. as Donald Trump famously said. Uh, I guess that's what's going on here. So, I don't, I don't, I don't I know. It's, it doesn't really appeal to me anymore. I guess you can kind of see where I'm headed anyways. <laughs> well, they took a shot and uh, cast Giovanni Ribisi in the lead. I haven't really seen him as the as the lead in a lot of movies. A lot of supporting stuff, but... He, I can't say he really took off after this. I mean, like Mod uh, Squad well, came around. A few around other leading things. What well, First Love Last Rights was around the same time. He's the lead of Suburbia, really. Don't mm-hmm. um, forget Avatar. I mean, he's pretty much the lead of Other Sister. I mean, we, for the jokes <laughs> we're making, he still was there. Um, no, Sky <laughs> Captain of the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> Did he star in that? I never, never caught that one. Uh, I don't know if he starred, but he's in it as Dex. Hmm. So I think yeah. he had like a minute where they tried to make him like you know like a leading man but they just kept on making him narrate and no one wants to hear that fucking voice uh, nobody wants to hear that i don't want to hear that he made some poor getting... choices here guys he really did he was in basic which was fucking terrible oh, and so and, bad yeah and he's in sky captain which was totally shit on so he made some mistakes here after these movies I remember when it first started like talking to the about the narration like at first couple minutes i was like oh fuck we're, we're in trouble here because it's trying to do the whole, like, fight club, like, uh, fast-paced, like, cool-talking narration. And, like, I'm, I, I, can I get into this? Do I care about this guy? Like, what is this? It's it's very late 90s, 2000s. I'll give it that. So, like, era-wise, uh, I don't think aesthetically it holds up. It feels dated for me. <laughs> what are these? Uh, these movies are just trash. It, it's it just all went to hell for him, and that's too bad. But he did have the sneaky Pete run later in life. I guess he made a lot of money off that. And, so. and Ted and Ted too. Yeah, mm. he was huge with Seth MacFarlane. He's big with the Family Guy people, so that did that kind of. I'm sure that made a shitload of money for him. So he probably is happy about that. So I bet he likes money. For him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel. We talked about Vin Diesel in that stupid Sidney Lumet movie. It was fucking trash. Find me, uh, Find me guilty. Fucking trash. It's terrible. About it. The, the one yeah, don't ever watch it. it. Stupid. I, watch it. I, see it's, that I had to. It's fucking Sidney Lumet. I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I gotta watch. Yeah, I'll watch it at some point. I had to Lumet. try. But, boo. Uh, yeah, let's just call it, man. Fuck, let's do it. I mean, we've said we've said everything. We talked Ben Affleck. We talked about Neil Long. We talked about everybody. We talked about these guys are pieces of shit. Uh, I, maybe we could hit real quickly the, uh, I don't know. Do I guess I brought it up, but I want to know. Do you guys see this movie differently? Uh, from where we are now economically and like the world we live in with 20 more years of our life added on to <laughs> the unfortunate time to be born in in America. We're, I mean, every a lot of people got a bad, but it does seem like our generation kind of, you know, good shit on from previous generations overall. And I'm curious if you guys see that in this movie and like from a point of view of how, you know, the 1% stuff that took off in the Wall Street, Occupy Wall Street 10 years later. I'm curious, anybody? No? I feel like this did take place at the tail end of a period of peace and affluence where, you know, it, like there's a few references made where it's like, Hey, life is good. There's not a lot of war. There's not a lot of political <laughs> strife in our country. 
uh, you know, the economy's the economy's pretty well balanced. There's not a lot of uh, there's no recession looming or anything. You know, there's definitely this kind of feeling of like, uh, hey, everything's good. And it ain't, or it's not going to be for much longer. <laughs> that's the thing, yeah. Uh, that's the thing, because, like, the 90s, like, it, economy was coasting along, and this is before the crash and before 9-11. So I guess the only issues were daddy issues, and that's basically <laughs> what the fucking whole movie's about. It's grown man right. crying about his dad smacking him in the face. That's it. Yeah. A, Clinton, a, Clinton era, a Clinton era economics kind of look. You're not, but you know what? Yeah. Actually, real quick, I'm glad you brought that up since you talk about Rifkin's thing with the face. Another thing that really irked another thing that really irked me in this movie is when they finally had this confrontation about the smacking in the face when he was uh had his leg broken. Ron Rifkin's like, You have no idea, like this was weighed on me. It's made me so sad. I always regretted it, blah blah blah. I'm like, Well, no, you didn't. He brought it up like twenty minutes earlier in the movie, and like you had all kinds of excuses and you were angry. I'm like, like and and also it kind of makes sense to smack someone if they're absolutely hysterical being how this is how he acts as a grown man in your office i can only imagine what a compound fracture did to him as a little kid (laughs) so i mean i don't know again team rifkin over here dude okay i think younger just he has a lot of fun with his first act and frankly I, i i have some fun with it he just doesn't know how to wrap it up he he wraps it up in the most obvious typical way like it's just like okay get the surveillance team in here hey cut him a deal it's over okay <laughs> like the party is just over well the, who knows the relationship what happened is mended and you're right what i mean come on and it's you're right rough- dude this the whole movie is about this fucking conflict between father and son and there's no reason for him all of a sudden to say i, I never forgave myself like <laughs> i'm not buying it that's just to end the movie yeah. Who knows what the studio was? I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. He said, you know, first time director in a bigger role opportunity. I could see him being fucked with. So I'll give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. But I, I'm okay. with you because all he, what he did, uh, Prime, a movie I've never heard of in 2005 that stars Meryl Streep and Uma Thurman. And <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah, I don't know. That's pretty I much it that as one. a director. Yeah. So, you know, that's sad. And this movie, Boiler Room, ends just so abruptly. One of my last yeah. notes is, oh, it's it's over. Like, yeah. I, it's it's suddenly, it's suddenly yep. just over. The paddy wagons show up. There's no real climax. Like, what's the right. climax? It's an emotional climax between him and his father, I guess, or him saying that he'll rather he'd rather go to jail than have his father, you know, get in any sort of trouble for trying to help him. I guess. But it's or getting Chris to sign a piece of paper, I guess. (laughs) It's like I'm like I'm watching the movie and then suddenly like he pulls out of the parking lot. It's like fade to black. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember reaching down for a slice of pizza and I looked up. The credits were rolling. (laughs) Like, no. And like you talk about comeuppance. Like, no one's brought out in cuffs. There's there's just it's nothing. It's just tied up. It's it's like that's um, it. Like I say, it's like the end of like a like a Dick Wolf cop like episode of something, and the episode <laughs> is just about chop shops. Only that would at least let us see them in cuffs getting marched into the vans. That's very likely. Oh shit! Okay, he got one more shot in 2016. It's called Bleed for This, starring Miles uh, Teller and Aaron Eckhart. It's a boxing drama directed by Ben Younger, and he co-wrote it. Yeah. So. I missed but that one too. Six point eight on IMDb. It's not terrible, so I don't know. Maybe I'd heard of that one at least. I'd never heard of Prime. How I how I'd never hear of a Meryl Streep movie is beyond me. Yeah, it's strange. Uh, poor guy. Hey, it didn't go the way he wanted to. Ben Younger, wherever you are right now, I hope your life is happy and healthy 
and you're having everything you ever wanted. So, all right, let's close out this motherfucker. Uh, I'll go first. I will tell you that Boiler Room is a movie that, you know, it used to be fast-paced, and I was 20 years old, 19 years old. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, hey, fast-paced, slick assholes. Yeah, these guys are morons. <laughs> but they, they, they say clever shit. I really probably thought that. Like, wow, this dialogue is awesome. I probably thought that. I, I, I'm not going to back down from that. I'm a fucking moron. I was a 19-year-old idiot. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wish, I, you know, there's a good message here. I don't know what I really thought, frankly, now. Because when I watch it, it's the bore. I didn't laugh. <laughs> it's, it, and I always was annoyed. I frankly always was annoyed in future watches and even back then with this dynamic between Rifkin and Rabisi. I just... I just thought it was like really forced even back then. Those were always my least favorite parts of the movie, frankly, where he had to cry and, and beg and, you know, leave dinner early because his dad said one off remark. They're supposed to be celebrating. Come on. It's a happy night. No, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. So childish. It was. So, yeah, eh, I, I guess that uh, where we are now, I just, I think there's been better examples of. Corporate greed and investment fraud and all that shit. There's better options. And I, I think Wolf of Wall Street is vastly superior to this film easily. And, you know, like Travis said, Ben Younger in his early stages versus, you know, a legend of his own time, Martin Scorsese. That probably would happen. Leo DiCaprio and a great cast. Jonah Hill. I, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why Wolf of Wall Street should be better. It had a huge budget, too. So this movie doesn't hold up, though. It's just, you know, it doesn't work for me. All right. Um, yeah. I guess I'll jump in, and we'll do it a little backwards. Have you ended up, Eric? Um, so I rented this on Prime. It was three ninety nine to rent. I'm sorry, it was three ninety nine to rent, and it was four ninety nine to purchase. So I just purchased it. I'm like, why not? It's one more dollar. Yeah, I want my dollar back. <laughs> <laughs> I want my dollar back. I'm not going to watch Dang. this again. I hadn't seen this since like '03 or '04. I'm not going. I'm not going to watch it again. Like, I mean, I didn't hate it. It's not like this isn't like. I mean, we, we set this up like a binary thing. Does it hold up? Does it not? And like, is it just a completely worthless movie that's not worth your time at all? No, I think that there's stuff in there that's. I mean, it's like vaguely entertaining for some of it. There's some decent acting, um, I guess. But like, this is just. There's no reason to go back and revisit this. There's nothing that you're going to... I mean, if you haven't seen this movie in a while and you're listening to this episode, uh, my recommendation is to not pick this one up again and revisit it. It's just... It's just you can let this one just fade into the... Just, you know, a fluvia of your, you know, whatever of your, of your memory, just let it just vanish. There's nothing because oh when God. you, when you bring it all up to the front, there's nothing really there to spend any time with. So, <laughs> that's so go. weird. That's the second time I've heard that word in three days on a podcast. Weird. Oh, that's funny. I don't, I don't know if I've ever used that word in my life to the, to the point that like as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, fuck, don't use words you're not sure if you're pronouncing them properly. <laughs> <laughs> Scott said it on the show yesterday. That's, that's weird. Funny. Although that's he said funny. a fluvium. So. Uh, that's probably right. I, I might be talking about the singular. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. I, I think you're okay. I think I, you pulled uh, it off. Sometimes spat out bullshit. Anyways, it doesn't hold up for me. I'm glad I picked it. Um, yeah, I think I it was a good call for the show, man, because like we said, we, we watch this all the time. Something about it struck us. Okay? I'm not that different than I was 20 years ago. I'm a much better person. I've learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, but I learned from them. But I'm not 
vastly different in terms of my film appreciation. So I am thinking the other night while I'm watching it, like, why did I love this so much? And again, I think it is just because of that youthful energy and that drive the characters have, even if it's uh, misguided to me now. Yeah. Uh, that's why I was so entertained by it, because you, when you're young and you see people successful in the real world, quote unquote, it does give you get you hyped up, man. It gives you energy. Um, but yeah, dude, um, this is just kids playing dress up. And I, I props to Ben Younger. I mean, out of the gate with this cast uh, in a, a fluid picture that's edited nicely and is entertaining i never really wanted to turn it off i paused it <laughs> um but but at the end of the day man this this script is just very prototypical and these speeches by ben affleck i'm telling you yeah. they're fucking cringe worthy it's just yeah. so film school dipshit writing in his notebook at the coffee shop <laughs> glengarry diatribe bullshit uh, he does his it's cringeworthy yeah, he he does what he can, but um, yeah, I, I I gotta say at the end of the day, man, you nailed it, Travis. It's not worth returning to. If you got good memories, God bless you. I'd, I'd keep this in the past, man, because JT Marlin is not worth investing in. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, doesn't nice hold up. up. You know what I realized as you were talking, Eric. I think what I understand is that I had more of an affinity for assholes when I was that age for some reason. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, we, I think we all did. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a, part of it. It's a self-indulgent assholey age, if you you know. It, and this is an extremely broy movie, and we were at the broiest of our broiest. lives. So. <laughs> the broiest of our lives. It was the broiest of times. <laughs> it, was, it was the broiest. It was the latest. Yeah, drink a whiskey drink. You drink a vodka, vodka drink. drink. Right? Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. Lager drinks. Jump hey, up. all right, there it is. Boiler room's <laughs> in the can. Thumbs We've thumbs. done it. Yeah. yeah, that's this is it. We did it. Congratulations, we did it. everybody. We did Ooh, it. We did it. Uh, whose turn is it? Schlep Rock. It's, it's, uh, it's your turn, Chief. Oh, cool. Yay. I love when it's my turn. It's fun. It's always a fun moment, right? Uh, so last time I almost did it and I pulled back. But this time, <laughs> you know, I regretted Wag the Dog in a way. I did. I felt like it was a missed opportunity, mm, but sure. I did. We did it. I'm glad we did it. But yeah, this time. It was going to come up one point or the other. Yeah. This time I know what I want to do, and I right. can't wait to see how this plays out because this movie has a lot, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of talk about this movie. Uh, I don't know if it's good or not. Maybe it was never good, but hell, this is why we're going to do it. It's time to go back to I believe 1990. Let me double check the date on this. He's either 90 or 91, and uh, oh boy. we're going to do a movie. I don't know if we've done a. Uh, uh, Wesley Snipes movie. Have we? We done Wesley Snipes movie? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mentioned him on the show no, a couple we weeks did ago. Demolition Man, Simon Phoenix. Oh, oh yeah, 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 we did. Okay, yeah, that's right, we did. Well, we're doing it again. We're going back to 1991. It's time for Mario Van Peoples, New Jack City. Here New we Jack go. City. All right, never seen this one. This is I, the, I've never seen oh. it. The very first picture out of 100-something episodes that I had oh, not seen yes. first, I, th I think. Oh, really? really? Yeah, I don't think there's been another one I hadn't seen. There I don't think there of, is either. There may have been one that slipped by, but I think this is the first. It would be extremely oh. rare. I oh, The Annihilators, of course. I'd never seen that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's everybody gets a pass on that one. So. <laughs> no Although it was a great episode. Oh, yeah. Great episode. Great episode. Dude, yeah. Dude, please listen to that episode. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I'm New excited. Jack City. Okay. New Jack City. 
well, we'll see what happens. So I used yeah. to watch it a lot when I was a kid. I watched it a lot. I thought it was, yeah, but it's been a long fucking time. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that'll be next week. New Jack City. That's don't it. That's the, the show. Bitch. Don't That's pitch. The, don't yeah. pitch oh. the bitch. Yeah. Oh, you, God. Oh, we could have not used that phrase. No, yeah, we should have. It's good. It's important to mention it, though. You're right. That was part uh, of the goddamn movie. So it's a goddamn all right, movie. Well, all right. Matt says, looking forward to it. Great cast tonight. Well, we're the same cast every week, so thank you. Appreciate it, Matt. We welcome you, as always. Until next time, for Travis, Eric, I'm Michael, and we'll catch you next time on the Cinema 9 Podcast. <laughs>